Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Thank you, Rifle, for getting me up. Pretty close to 11.15. We've got a lot to do today. We've got a lot of great things going on today. And I know you're going to be blessed. And so uh, we uh, got a full crowd here this morning. Praise God. I want to thank our friends from up in Staten, Virginia, for being down here with us. All these wonderful people in the back row there. Also, we have a lot of friends from Spirit and Truth Ministries with us today, and we want to thank you for being here. Praise God. Well, you know that you are, must be giving problems to the enemy when he starts attacking your toilets. And so, you know, if that's the best he can do, I don't know, man. I don't, but, uh, yeah, we thought we had them all fixed up, had some problems this weekend, and I uh, thought we had them all fixed, and apparently they're not. So we can cast out those little demons, those little poofy demons, okay? Cast them out and uh, be able to move ahead here. I don't know what to call them, but, but the name seems to fit. I don't know. So if he just starts attacking your toilets, just cast that poofy demon out, okay? Hallelujah. I want to share for a few minutes here this morning. It's the first time I've been up in the pulpit in a while. Uh, they don't let me get up here much often anymore. And so, no, actually, I think I shared a couple weeks back that I've taken a little bit of a break just to get kind of filled back up. And we all need that from time to time. And when the Lord just kind of pins you to your bed and says, you will take time away to get filled up again, then you better do it. And so I'm grateful to uh, Wayman. I don't know if Wayman is here this morning. Oh, there he is. Hey, buddy. All right. Yeah, yay, Clemson. Okay, I know, I know. And uh, hard for me to say that as a South Carolina Gamecock fan to to cheer on the rival Clemson Tigers, but they're playing good right now. But I want to thank Wayman for sharing, Rifle. Um, I know we've had Chip sharing different different ones. Maddie, Manny, who's not here this morning. Uh, but uh, thank you to, to every one of you. <clears throat> there was a young lady in the Old Testament. Her name was Hadassah. And Hadassah was an amazing, beautiful young lady that God positioned her to change a nation. God positioned her in the will, in his will, to change a nation. Now, many of us have never heard the name Hadassah. You're probably thinking, who in the world is Pastor Doug talking about? Well, that's her Hebrew name. Her Hebrew name was Hadassah, but she was a captive in the nation of Persia as they, the Persian uh, army took the Israeli captive, and, and uh, she was one of those. And her, name, her Persian name was Esther. Now, now everybody goes, oh, okay, I remember Esther. And uh, it's actually there's a book in the Bible called Esther. And, um, but she was an amazing young lady and that God really positioned her in an extraordinary way. One of the things that I felt like that God, during these last two months of just taking a little bit of a break, felt like God just said, I am in a season, a kingdom season of positioning my people. And I, I just really feel like just as in the days 
of Esther where the, there's certain part of those days look very dark. Now, I know we're getting hit with all sorts of different news of this or that or whatever, even in our nation. It seems at times to be very dark. But I want to tell you, God has a plan. You know, that's the thing that I, I don't get messed up with this report and that report and this report about what's happening. Our, our economy is going to just fall and this or that. Whatever happens, God is in control. And I know that. And I know that. And he has never allowed the church to just to totally fall. And he is upholding the church. But I really believe that as in the days of Esther, as he positioned Esther to be in a place that, that her uncle Mordecai said, that maybe God placed you where you are right now for such a time as this. I believe that we all have such a time as this within us, that God is being, being planned out for you and I. In Esther, we, we, we know the story in Esther that, that she uh, was a young lady. She was a Jewish young lady. Apparently she was beautiful, and she, and she was chosen to, be, to, be, to become, or she went through a, 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 a process that she might become the wife of the king and the king of Persia. We know that story and how God selected her, positioned her in that place. Her uncle was a man named Mordecai, very wise man. And Mordecai raised Esther, loved Esther a great deal. Uh, her Esther's mother and father had died. And um, we don't know if it was during the time of uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Persian army taking over or whatever, what happened. But it didn't, Scripture doesn't go into it, but... We understand that, but Mordecai raised her up. And, it, and so we know the story that Esther was chosen as the queen and amazing. No one really actually knew that she was Jewish because Jewish, the Jewish people, the Jewish tribe was a, was a captive tribe in the nation of Persia. And there was another man named Haman. Haman was a, not a very good man. Very jealous of Mordecai, his pride caused him to be very jealous of Mordecai, and he wanted to, to kill Mordecai. And he came up with this deceitful plan, and he told the king that, that, that the Jewish people were not honoring the king, and they needed to all be put to death. So the king signed a decree stating at a certain time, a certain day, basically the entire nation of Israel was going to be put, put to death. And uh, the, once the king makes a decree like that, it's pretty much done. So it looked like that, that you know, God's people were going to be annihilated. But I want to tell you, God always has a plan. God always has a plan. We understand later that as Mordecai understands this, he sends word to Esther and tells her that she needs to step forward now on behalf of the nation Jewish nation and go to the king and appeal to the king and disclose what's going on and that the king would give her favor. The problem was that if she, if she goes into the king and was not invited by the king, she could be put to death. So she's faced with this dilemma. If I go in, as Mordecai, my uncle, has suggested for me, I could die. And so Mordecai sends this message 
to Esther, found in Esther 4.14. And this is his encouragement to Esther. He says, for if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. Once again, God's plan will come to pass. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house, talking about himself, you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to, to the kingdom for such a time as this. Those words shook her. She fasted and prayed and encouraged the whole nation to fast and pray as she seeks to have time with the king. And we know the story that she goes in, she reveals the situation. Haman is, uh, his wicked plan is revealed. He actually uh, uh, hangs on the gallows, and Mordecai is honored, and the nation is saved. Amazing story, it really is. I encourage you, it's been a long time if you've gone and read the book of Esther. It's not a long book, but it's an amazing story. And, uh, and but... The thing that just comes through to me as I think about it this morning is that God had positioned Esther. Maybe Esther didn't even realize it. Many times we don't realize it when God has positioned us for a certain thing, for a certain task. But then we, when we're at that doorway, all of a sudden it's revealed to us. We know, we understand why God positioned us there, and we move ahead. Like I said, I really believe in this day. A few weeks back we had Kat Kerr with us in our services, amazing time, loved it. And one of the things, the things that she mentioned was that we are in the age of the kingdom. We're in the age of the kingdom and what God is doing. And I believe that it's so important for us to hear the voice of the Father right now. Because I believe the church is ready to shine. The church must shine, I believe. His kingdom is advancing, is moving forth. And I believe that it is time, it is time for you to stand up, to rise up, to be used by the Lord in the ways that he has crafted you to be, and to be used by him, because God is creating a moment for you, which is, will be such a time as this moment for you. I know that. I mean, it is so solid in my heart. I know that. Many of you, we, we, we have... A lot of new people have come in here to harvest, and God has, has positioned you, not just to sit in, in the chairs, but to rise up and to be the man or woman of God that God has called you to be. The wonderful thing about it is that how God does position and He does places. Several times in His Word, one uh, are examples of that. 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen talks about, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be. Listen, it wasn't your wisdom, it wasn't your smarts, it wasn't you. It was the Holy Spirit guiding you, putting you in the right place at the right time. And it's a wonderful thing. The thing about it, it talks about the parts of the body in Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. It speaks of the parts in the body and the function of the body and that God has knitted us together that we might grow up in love together. It says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. 
from whom the whole body, say the whole body, the whole body, that includes you, includes me, includes Kim, includes all of us here. We're a part of that. We all have a function. We all have a such a time as this moment from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint by which it, it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so it builds itself up in love. When we're talking about the body here, we can't. it's real easy when we're in a church setting that we just think about here. It's real easy to do that. But how many know that God's, His vision, His what he sees is more than just one church. It's the body. The body of Christ worldwide. It's the body of Christ here in Richmond. One of the great things I believe that God has been doing here in our church is really beginning to give us a kingdom focus. I don't want to have a religious focus. When you have a religious focus, you have a focus about just me, where I'm at. And I've got to protect that, you know. I've got to hold on. And I've seen too many churches where they, 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 they don't have that kingdom focus, and it's all about just our church and the growth of our church and the health of our church. And, and if someone looks like they're getting ready to leave, they, they freak out and they, they encourage them, that's not of God and you're not hearing from God and things like that. Listen, the body of Christ is an amazing thing. And what God is doing in Richmond here is an amazing thing. Listen, we are praying revival for revival just as much as so many churches in our area. And it's not going to be one church. It's never going to be one church that God raises up and says, this is my church to carry revival. It's never going to be that way. It's going to be many churches in this city and outside of this city that will come in and to be a part of what God wants to do in the city of Richmond. I tell you, I want to be a part of it. You know, and I know the guys from Spirit of Truth, they want to be a part of it. You know, I know other churches that want to be a part of it. My good friend down in uh, the south side of Richmond, John Friel with Messiah Christian Fellowship, he wants to be a part of that. And so the thing about it is that we've got to always think beyond just where we are. The God, we've got to have a kingdom focus of thinking beyond always. And that's how God operates. When he says, talks about the body here and being connected together and functioning together, yes, it is within a local sense. There's no doubt about it, but it goes beyond that too, doesn't it? You know, I need knitting. We're joined together. I don't know exactly where we're joined together, but we're joined together. And when he moves, I move. When I move, he moves. But we're joined together and we encourage each other and we're built together and we're growing up in love together. But that same type of word goes beyond just peoples within a local body but into churches themselves. This is really, really portrayed and seen in the book of Acts. The book of Acts, we know that the first church that was, that was formed was out of Jerusalem. The second church that was formed was out of this place called Antioch. Okay, and in Acts chapter 13, we see the church of Antioch, and they're together. And, and uh, in, in a version that I read, it talked about that at the church of Antioch, they were blessed with these teachers and prophets. 
It shows me that if they were blessed, they had some strong people in that church doing great things. You know, I'm grateful for our church. I'm grateful for the strength that I see within our church and the amazing men and women of God that I see here. You know, taking this little time away has has given me even more of an appreciation for the people that God has brought in here and the people that God's raising up into places of leadership. That is our heart. That's the value. One of the main core values within within our church is to raise leaders and to be able to send leaders out. But here in Acts 13, it talks about the church of Antioch, and it talks about all these amazing people, and they list some of these leaders here. Acts chapter 13, verse 1 through 4. Now it says, Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, which was that he served under Herod and a little guy named Saul. All right? All of these men. Now, we don't know much about Lucius or Manian or even Simeon. We know a little bit more about Saul and Barnabas because of, of the things that they did. But all of these men apparently were amazing teachers, amazing prophets. I'm sure the church there in Antioch was flourishing. It was their, the best of their best. The best of their best that was functioning in leadership there. But this is what the Holy Spirit says to them. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And isn't that amazing that God would do that? He would mess that church up. How <laughs> I many you know that God, when he sends people out, he never messes the church up because it's time, it's room for someone else to stand up into that place. He always does it. One of my, one of my close friends, past, a pastor of mine, a guy named Ron Lewis, for years, he's got an amazing church down in Raleigh, North Carolina, or Durham, North Carolina, of several thousand. He has planted more churches than any man that I know. And whenever he would plant a church, he would send out his best. I mean, I just showed the heart of this man. He had a kingdom heart. It wasn't that, okay, I'm going to keep the best for me because we need, we need to be blessed. We need to prosper. But he would raise up and encourage for his best to go up to New York, New York City, his best to go to Philadelphia, his best to go to Houston, Texas, his best to go to nations, Richmond, Virginia. His <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Ron sent me up here to, to set in the church here. But just an amazing man. But just his heart knowing that if I'm going to sow out, I'm not going to sow out, well, I hope they can make it. You know, I hope that they'll be okay. They're not the best, but they're okay. So God bless you with with the okay people. Well, he doesn't do that. But Ron sends out his best. Here they are. They they have been just just spoken to by the Holy Spirit. And God says, "I, I want you to send out two of your best, two of your champions, two of your generals. I'm going to send them out to another place to do the work that I've called them to do. And it says that then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, say by the Holy Spirit, 
by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there sailed to Cyprus. And we know the story from there. That they planted church after church after church. Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas was known as the, the brother of encouragement. Saul, we know all about Saul. But they did an amazing work because they listened to the voice of God. And when God said, it's time, the people in the church said, we understand. We understand it's time. And we're going to release you because you're our best. We're going to release you to do that. In Ephesians chapter 2, there's a great verse here I love. And God's talking about us, and he's talking for we are God's own handiwork. I love that. Did you realize that you were God's handiwork? You know, just and some versions translate it as his workmanship. And I like the word workmanship too. But there's something about the thing handiwork. That when I think about handiwork, it means that God has taken great care, great care, great love to make you exactly the way you are. I love that. You know, you may be sitting here this morning and say, listen, I'm just weird. I just, <laughs> I'm just weird. I don't know if I fit in anywhere. I don't know what I could ever do. Well, I want to tell you, God crafted that weirdness <laughs> about you. But He sees it as beauty. Listen, I'm weird. We're all weird, aren't we? I do weird things. I do weird things all the time. I know, Chip knows. Chip knows me well. But I love the word handiwork. Because God loves us so much. He wants, man, He has got such great plans for us. I just want to, I want to encourage you to dream. I want to encourage you to dream. Because the plans and purposes of God are far beyond what you could ever think, imagine, or dream of. They are. If God puts something in your heart to go, man, that's impossible. Well, it's probably God. Probably is. You know? How many of you know that God is not going to put something in your heart that you go, well, I could do this even without God. I don't need God to do this. I can do this on my own. Why would God ever do that? But God puts things in our heart that seems to be impossible. We feel like, Lord, I don't have that ability. But then you realize later, well, I do have that ability. Because that impossibility drew that ability out of me. It brought it out of me. And I want to encourage you to dream. And I want to encourage you to dream big. And I want to encourage you to dream the impossible things. Because that's exactly what God will put in your heart. And because you are His handiwork, you are His workmanship, He has prepared, He has crafted you, He has made you, He has given you the, the personality that you have, He has given you the abilities and giftings that you have to do exactly what God has called you to do. Everything that I've ever stepped into, ever stepped into, I looked at it as an, an impossible situation. When God called Cindy and I to come up here to begin this church with a, with a pitiful group of people, I mean, they, I, 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 I want to say that in a loving way. I don't, can I say that in a loving way, honey? I, we were pitiful too. 
<laughs> it was it was really sad. They were just hurting so bad. They had gone through such a some really difficult times. Group of about ten to fifteen people, and it, and what God was sending us in were people that that and a church had just exploded, and they were hurting, and they were pitiful, and they were. It was sad. It was a hospital here. Just to give testimony, my wife and I came the very first, the, the Sunday before Doug was set in and took the church on as senior pastor. And we walked in this place. There were 13 people, and three of us were guests. <laughs> and my wife and I walked out to the car and sat in the car and hung our heads and said, this place is dead. But the Lord said, come back. And we were like, why? <laughs> but the next Sunday, we met Doug. I had never pioneered a church before. I'd never done that. Cindy and I were constantly amazed with the people thinking that we knew what we were doing. We would drive away on a Sunday morning laughing, saying, they don't have a clue. They don't have a clue. To, we don't know, know what we're doing at all. You know? But along the way, God taught us. Praise God. But let me finish this verse, and I want to call some people up here. For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, cre recreated in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? That only we are his handiwork, but he has taken such great care to recreate us in Christ Jesus. Born anew, it says. This is out of the Amplified Version. That we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. Taking paths which, we, which he prepared ahead of time. There are amazing paths for you. I just want to encourage you in that. There's amazing paths for our church, for other churches in the city. He says that he has prepared these paths ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life. I like that. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. I love that. I love that. That's why we ought to dream. Because God has got something so arranged for you. And like I said, I believe that we're in an age, we're in a season, we're in a time right now that is so vital for you to come away with the Lord, for you to hear His voice, for you to say, Lord, that's what I'm called to do. I can do that. Father, I want to shine for you. I want to shine for you. Just as in Acts chapter 13, we read where church of Antioch were willing to sow their very best. And we've done that several times in our church where we have sowed people out the very best and we have sowed them out. We have another opportunity, another what I feel like is the real kingdom moment. And I want to tell you that I used to be so afraid of moments like this years ago, thinking I was losing something, but not realizing that as, as I sowed, I gained so much more. Our church gained so much more. We've had, a, we've had the pleasure over the last, gosh, how many years? How many? Six years? To work uh, at times closely with Spirit and Truth, and we've done a lot of things together, uh, outreaches and, and services together, and just being good friends with each other, believing in each other, 
encouraging each other that what is in the heart of that ministry could flourish and to go forth. And during that time, we've had a lot of people in our church to come and help and to be there. And two, one family are the Bowens family. Uh, since almost the very beginning, they were, they were serving with Spirit and Truth. They were serving at Harvest. And I guess about two months ago, was it two months? Scott sat down with me, and God had already told me what he was getting ready to tell me. And he said, Doug, he said, he says, we love Harvest. This is our home. We love it more than anything else. But God is telling us, just as God told Saul and Barnabas, that they need to set you aside for a work that they are yet to do. And they really feel like that God is telling them that they need to be set aside to be able to serve the, the leaders of Spirit and Truth. And, uh, and so after I told him that, that he could do that, but the, the, uh, the, uh, the agreement of tithing continues for another five years. <laughs> we think ahead. Okay. But, no, I, I, I really rejoice with him because I knew that it was the Lord. And I knew it made sense. And so I want to ask the Bowens family to come up here. We're going to pray for them. I want to ask also Kim and Allie to come up here too. They're representing the, the leadership of Spirit of Truth. And I just want to, uh, guys, anything y'all would like to say? We love you guys so much. And um, it's just a real honor to be here today. And I, I feel so overwhelmed when I came in this morning. I just feel so much love for this church for you guys and you know and I know that um, I felt like today there's nothing that's ending but something beautiful beginning and I felt like also that the that God is building something with love and honor in the city and it's and I felt like today that's really beginning you know I mean there's been there's there have been things that have been happening in the city but but I felt today that just the honor and the love that I feel for you guys and and just for these guys and and but for the body at large and I feel that God is connecting us all in a beautiful way and so I'm just thankful to be here today and and I'm really thankful for what you guys have been to us and since we started in our living room six years ago six plus years ago they've been alongside of us believing in us helping to establish us for what God wanted to do through us in the city and beyond. And so they've been a huge part of our hearts and our lives. And I'm just real thankful for that. And Scott and Lisa, we love you guys. And we're so incredibly excited about the journey ahead. And we have, we don't even know where God's taken us, but we know it's going to be greater than we can even imagine because it always is. only thing I want to add to that because that was everything that I wanted to say and I'm telling you Pastor Doug just absolutely preached the message that was so in my heart as I was driving here this morning that that we are all one body that 
Um, and that, and just what Kim said, that we've always been an extension. We've always felt family. We've always, you have so supported us from the very beginning. There's been so many people that have been huge supports to, to each one of us. And so we're so excited. I love, I just want to honor all of you. This is the most beautiful family. And, and I love coming in here and seeing so many new faces and the abundant life that's here. And so we just thank you for, for releasing your best, your, your, this incredible family to walk alongside us. And um, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> this, is <laughs> this is just really such a kingdom beautiful moment. And, and when Pastor Doug called us and, and said we would really like you to be a part of this, is it, it is, it's just a beautiful thing. So thank you. I just honor you and all that you're doing here, and we just love you all. Thank you so much. You know, I uh, really am excited about this moment. I love Scott and Lisa so much, and for so many years of they have served faithfully in our church here, done many things, and... Uh, but, you know, when God speaks to your heart, and this really is a kingdom moment, and I wanted y'all to see as a church how to handle things the right way. I've been in too many churches where someone feels like God is putting them in, in another church in the city, and they are reviled, and they are looked down upon, and they're said, don't, don't fellowship with them anymore. I mean, just terrible things. And it's like, you know, the body of Christ is bigger than Harvest Renewal Church. It's bigger than Spirit and Truth. It's bigger than Richmond. And we need to honor and bless, you know, those that God, as God positions them, it sets them in exactly, it says in the Scripture, where He wants them to be. And so I know that uh, the caliber of people that, that are going to be working alongside with Kim and Allie and others in Spirit and Truth, and they have always have already been doing that for some time now, and I just I just say Amen. I'm 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 excited about that, and so um, so I just um, just thrilled. I just want I wanted you as a body to see, you know, there is a way of doing things. There is a way of doing things in honor. One of the things that we we are. We are sowing in, in the lives of our people is how to walk out a culture of honor and how to honor the giftings and abilities and value this within each people, whether they are in your church or not, that you honor them. And that's our heart. That's our heart. Scott? Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hope I can get through this without crying. I was thinking, just been thinking a lot about um, my journey here. I mean, we moved here to Richmond six and a half years ago. I mean, I grew up in Richmond, but moved away for a long time. And when we moved back here, we came to visit this church. Like, this was the first place we came. Ended up being the only place. But um, I remember sitting back there with my sister and we got the giggles in the middle of the sermon, and we couldn't stop laughing. And, I mean, you know, nobody else around us was laughing. I mean, shocker that I would laugh in church. But, you know, I, I was thinking about that moment, and I remember God spoke to me, and he said that this is, this is where we're to be, and that he was going to so radically transform this, this church. 
And, you know, I look back and man, has he done that? And it's, it's, um, it's been amazing. And, um, you know, and, and we met Kim and Allie like soon after we came here as well. And for the past six years, we've just been journeying together both places and it's been beautiful. Um, it has not been without tension at times trying to figure out how to, how to juggle the two, but it's what we felt like God has, you know, told us to do. And so we were, we tried to be faithful with that. Um, but this, this, this last six years I was thinking about has really been a journey for me of freedom and learning to love. Those have been the two things that I feel like God has really done. It's been in this place and it's been in its, its spirit and truth. And, you know, and that's been so much a part of what you guys bring. You guys create a place where people can learn to love, where they feel safe and where they can be free. And that I'm so thankful to you guys. You guys have been just amazing in our lives and such a support and such a comfort. And I love laughing with you. I love crying with you. I love just the way that you bring people in and you allow them to be themselves. And I'm so thankful for that. And um, so I'm just, I love this body. You guys are family. We'll be around. It's not like we're going to be gone and not come back. We'll be around. But um, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the way that you guys have loved us and allowed us to be ourselves. Um, we don't know what this next season is going to look like, but we're excited just to step into some new territory, some new places where we haven't before. And um, we just love you guys. So I think Scott's getting something special. <laughs> Um, Elizabeth probably could pronounce this lighthouse better than I can, but um, it's called um, La Humint. It is French. Um, this lighthouse, that lighthouse, thank you, Edward. Um, it took seven years to build because of the intense storms that ravaged the coast of France in this place. And I felt like Doug and Cindy, this, this is representative of you. Your marriage um, is representative of who you are as a mother and father, not only to your own children, but to the, children's of the children of this house, but also to the city. You guys are a mother and father. You're an amazing pastor as one, as a husband and wife. You know, you, you go to a lot of churches and um, titles are just titles. But there are a few fathers out there. And so we wanted to honor a true father and mother because you guys really are in this house and in the city. Uh, what, what this picture was uh, represented to me about Doug and Cindy is the foundation of what you have built is solid and it's a safe place to weather the storms. 
You'll see right in the door, that guy standing right there. He almost lost his life with the wave coming around the lighthouse. But uh, he was able to go back in. Also, Doug and Cindy, you guys are a light in the city. Lighthouses are a place of safety. They call people to safe harbor. They give them notice that there's a rocky place. You guys are a safe place. It's who you are. It's what you do. It's what you provide. It's what you build. It's a safe place. And to the house this morning at harvest, transition is not bad. <laughs> it's just change. And so when we honor, when we communicate, when we move in transparency, when we love, it's a good thing. It's what brings us closer. It's not what pulls us apart. It's what shows the world that we're connected in love. You know, Pastor Doug was talking a little while ago about um, it's, it's never, what did you say? It's never two churches? Is that what you said? <laughs> never one church experiencing revival. It's, it's never one church. And, and that is absolutely true because it's, it's a corporate effort. And in the same breath, it's always one church. There's, always, there's only one church in Richmond. It's the church of Richmond. It's the church of the firstborn. There's one church in this nation. There's one church globally on this earth. Had a few verses for, for you guys this morning. Out of Matthew 5.14. I remind you what uh, Bill Bennett said when he was here and he spoke on this, I think, a year ago. You are the light of this world. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be shaken. This reminded me of that. Out of Mark 4.21, and Jesus said to them, is the lamp brought to be put under a peck measure or under a bed and not to be put on the lampstand? This house is called as a light in the city. You guys are a light in the city. You will burn bright. And we will burn with you as the church of Richmond. We are never far away. We are always friends. We are always for you. We are always celebrating. You know our address. We have not moved. Uh, there you go. This is funny. I called Doug this morning. I was like, I just wanted to know how much time you're, we were going to have this morning because I had a gift, and I, just, I didn't communicate that to you up front, but I just wanted to make sure we'd have time for a gift. He said, we will go as long as it takes for you to give us the gift. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. I was like, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's a love language. Um, one of the pictures the Lord gave me this morning for this house is the Lord's giving you an increased effective, effectiveness and a greater love for mining, M-I-N-I-N-G, because you're mining for people's greatness. You are digging the gold in people's lives. The Lord has given you a greater illumination into the gold in people's heart to call them out, to call out the gold, and to raise up champions who know their worth. 
because the Father's heart in Richmond is that this city would be a city of refuge. Hosting his presence and stewarding his kingdom. Because there is only one church in this city. And we are called to steward this city in love. We are called to manage and we are called to look after Richmond. Because it is Jesus' property. I just wanted to say also that I meant to say this earlier, but I see so much momentum in this church. I just, I mean, it's like, I don't know at what point an explosion went off. And there's, it's like we're just, you know, propelled forward and going up and going out. I just see us going up and going out. And I say us because we're still a part of this body. Just because we're joining something else, we're still a part of this body. But I, I really am excited about what God is doing here. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard that it's now that we're transitioning out because we see such amazing things going on here, even more. I mean, there's always been stuff going on that God's been doing, but I just wanted to encourage you guys just to keep going for it, just to keep going for his kingdom, to keep loving, and what are y'all laughing at? Well, there were times <laughs> that you wonder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Way back in the early, you know, just the first few days we were here, that's all. <laughs> right, just the first second after Elizabeth and I had our laughing spell. <laughs> but I just, I just wanted to encourage because I, I see God doing so much here, and I want to bless and, and just bless you guys for what you're going after. Jonathan, do you mind coming up here? I, um, this is Jonathan Pettit. He's um, on staff down at Harvest um, in Tidewater. Harvest Chapel. Thank you. Harvest Assembly Chapel House. Jonathan had something on his, house, his heart. Yeah, I was, uh, I was praying um, and asking the Lord um, for a word for it because I love these guys dearly and uh, I just love the uh, the spirit of this house, and um, and I I said I asked the Lord for a word for for what was going on here, and um, I wasn't getting anything. And right before you got up to speak, the Lord said that um, I saw the city of Richmond, and I saw uh, generals and platoons being positioned on the outskirts of the city, and I and I heard the Lord say that the great campaign of the city of Richmond is about to begin. That the, 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 the assault on the heavenly assault on the city of Richmond is about to begin. And God is positioning generals around the city of Richmond. And that you, that, that the house, the house of Harvest Renewal and the house of Spirit and Truth and Radical Love are other generals. And now you're being brought on and different generals around the city who've been seeking God for the kingdom and, and for revival in Richmond, it's about to begin, and 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 this is a strategic moment in the positioning, uh, right before the offensive is about to occur, and what you guys are about to see, I actually saw. Um, the Lord showed me like in the story of Gideon, where he took all their weapons away, and he, all he gave them were trumpets and jars, 
and I heard the Lord. I felt like the Lord said that uh, that that the the offensive on the city of Richmond is going to start with the trumpet. It's going to start with the sound that's being released in worship. It's going to start with it's going to start with that. There's going to be a sound in this place. I heard it even this morning. It started to erupt, and even with radical love. All throughout this city, you're going to start hearing the sound of worship, and it's going to be specific to the city of Richmond. And people are going to come from all over the country because they're going to hear about the sound in Northern Virginia, and they're going to say, and it's going to draw people. And they're going to say, what What is happening? What is happening in Richmond? And, and the revival that you thought you saw last year is actually going to be the full representation it, it, next year and the years to come. You're actually going to see Revival Richmond actually occur in greater ways. And it's because you guys have been able to do, been able to do this with honor. You've been able to send out your best. You've been able to sow your firstborn. You've been able to give what God gave to you that you stewarded and helped raise up. And God's going to do it. He's going to do it because it's His heart to do it. And I also saw he, he gave them trumpets and he gave them pots and they were filled with they were filled with fire and when the pots were broken open they shouted for the Lord and for Gideon and I saw that once the worship started to go up the fire was going to come and the and it wasn't going to be anything about you preaching to the lost it was going to be that when the fire comes the lost are going to come. And so I declare that in this place right now, I declare it over this church, I declare it in this house that the sound of worship would arise in this place and around in the city of Richmond, I declare it right now. It's, a, it's not going to be a sound that's ever been heard before, it's going to be a sound of intimacy, but also a sound of warfare. And angels are going to be positioned, angels are going to go before you, they're going to go before you on every side. And there's going to be, it's, it's not going to be, oh, angels go before you and humans and angels. It's actually going to be, you're going to start having encounters with angels where you actually see angels go before you and beside you. And, I feel, and it's going to be a sound that you never heard before. That's never, ever been heard before. And it's going to be even a tribal sound, like Native American sound. And there's going to be a lot of drums involved. I hear the sound of drums beating. And then I hear the fire come, and I hear it swoop in. It's just, I hear the fire coming. With, when the drums start to beat, I hear the fire coming. So, Lord, I release it right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I release it, God. Father, I release the, the, the rhythm of heaven right now, God. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that fire is coming to this city. And, Father, I thank you that the sound, the heavenly drums, are beginning to beat right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that this is, there have been, there are many people who have, who have stewarded and they have been patient for many years, God. But Father, now is the time of the reaping. Now is the time of the harvest. Now is the time of the harvest. I hear the Lord say, now is the time of the harvest. Now is the time of the harvest. So Lord, I bless this house. I bless this house. In Jesus' name, I bless the house of radical love and spirit and truth. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. <clears throat> Guys, we're going a little long today. You probably noticed I knew that today was going to be a tough one to get it within the proper time frame. If you need to leave, we understand. But we are going to pray over at the Bowens. And I just thought, what a great moment to have communion together. You know, I mean, communion is the celebration 
of the Lord's body, the celebration of what he did for us and we're connected together. But if you have to leave, we're going to go on probably for another good 15 minutes. But if you have to leave, we understand. But we encourage you, if you're able to to stay by or stay here, that would be great too, okay? So I'd like to call our, our elders, our pastors up here, uh, Nicole and Greg, I'd like for you all to come up, Chip. And we want to pray over Scott and Lisa and their family, lay hands upon them and send them out. Allie and Kim, you come on over, honey. Let me, uh, Pastor Doug, come on up here. This is Lisa's, Doug and Carla McMurray. They are in ministry. They, they pastored a church for many, many years here in Richmond. And uh, this is Lisa's daddy and mom. And, of course, Elizabeth's daddy and mom. And uh, all right, we're going to, let's all stand up. Let's stand up in honor. Father, we thank you right now, Lord God, as we lay hands upon Scott and Lisa, Father. We release them. God, we release them for a kingdom call, for a kingdom purpose, Lord God. For for the timing of your kingdom is now. We release them, Father, to be used by you in an extraordinary, mighty way, God, as they walk alongside all of us in this city. Father, as you release them into the house of radical love, ministries, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for just doing that. We thank you, Father, for that, that there is that which we have seen within them, the anointing, the gifting, God, is going to be there, but, Father, even more. There's something new, something fresh that's being released out of your lives finding yourself doing things you've never done before and excelling in those things. So, Father, we release that in Jesus' name. Come forth. Come forth. New giftings. New anointings. Come forth in Jesus' name. Father, we bless them, Lord God. We bless their family. God, we bless them as they get just just so knitted in with the brothers and sisters of Spirit of Truth Radical Love Ministries. We thank you, Lord God. Just earlier, this is right along with what Doug was just praying, I saw a transfer of mantles. It was like the mantle that you had carried for this house is being released off of you today and that the mantle that he has for the next season, which is a mantle of increase, there's, it's, 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 you were operating in what God had you to operate in, and I heard the Lord said, you have done well. And now there's a new mantle, and in the name of Jesus, I just declare this mantle, come Holy Spirit, increase, increase of anointing, the increase of glory, the increase, the increase, Whoa, the increase, (laughs) the increase. (laughs) We say, yes, Lord, we thank you. We send them out in increase in Jesus' mighty name. 
we decree and declare in Jesus' name that there will be a family witness and a marital testimony, a oneness of love that breathes Jesus everywhere that it goes, this household goes, this marriage goes. So Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have done a work of love in this family, doing a work of love in this marriage, that marital prayer will be a part of it, Lord, and we ask that that radiates and resonates everywhere in Jesus' name. I saw two things. The one thing is it was specific to you, but it was this dove, and you are clearly marked by such a peace when you're saying there's just this powerful peace that goes forth. But the higher the dove went, it kind of it started dancing, and under its wings came fire. And I pray somebody draws that for you because it was like this, this dove was so free and dove, you are the dove. So free and up in the air and swooping around and sing, like singing in the, in the melody of that piece. And it's like everything that gets within your vortex is fired. He's just released and exuded. And for two of you, um, I feel like it goes beyond, even just beyond the two houses. And that I saw... Um, like a stick and then another stick and then another stick another stick and there was um, these uh, strings but very strong that went around the different strings joining them and um, I felt that the Lord said reconciliation and unity but not at the lowest common denominator it was a calling into unity but in power and truth where it would reach people beyond denominations. This is not just about the two houses. This is about this. This is a generational transfer of the power and the anointing of, um, of joining together and the revelation of body. So it's the family, it's body, it's the gifts and the joints and the prophet and the apostle and the, but um, not. God wanted to say to you, not at the lowest common. All right. Can we put our hands together and just extend a offering of thanks? Like we've had a hugging accident up here. Well, okay, got her hair. She's free now. She's free. Guys, I would love for us to share in communion together and just to honor this event. If we can bring the communion table out front here. Like I said, I just thought that what we're doing this morning is celebrating just uh, the life of Jesus and what Jesus is doing in our midst to be able to have communion together. What we normally do, just line up into two lines, come up here, go ahead and partake of the cup and bread, and then go back to your seat. What we'll do after we receive communion together, we will uh, we'll dismiss the church. 
If you need prayer today, we want to encourage you to, we'll, we'll have people up front here to pray with you. Anything that you are have a need in, anything, if you need healing today or anything, we'd like to pray with you. And so, so Father, we thank you right now for the receiving of communion. God, we just thank you, Father, as we bless this moment in this house, bless this moment in the, the life of this city. For God, we honor you today. We honor you today, Father, in Jesus' name.
we all stand up, please? Father, we thank you this morning as we celebrate communion, as we bring our remembrance, as you say, do this often in remembrance of me. Father, we, we place our minds, our hearts upon you this morning, our affection upon you this morning. We thank you, Father. We honor you today. God, I believe that as we honor your body, Father, the, 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 the parts of your body that are joined together, God, we honor you. We thank you, Father, that you offered up your body for a better way. You offered up your body, Lord God, for the purpose of unity and drawing, God, those from all over the world, Father, that would call upon the name of Jesus into your family. So, Father, we are just a small, very small portion of that body here today represented. But, God, we thank you, Father, we are a part of your body. And we give you thanks this morning as we receive the bread, Lord, in Christ's name. Father, we thank you, Lord God, as we take the cup. We thank you, Lord, that you said your blood was shed for the remission of our sins, for the forgiveness, for the removal, once and for all. God, I thank you that it's your blood that broke down every wall, broke down every wall of division, broke down every wall of hate, of pride, of competitiveness. It's broken it down, Lord God. We stand here today, Lord, honoring you, Father. Because, Lord, through one act, God, many that were separated, many that, Lord God, that were, un that were not one became one with you, with one another. So we thank you, Lord, as we receive this cup. We, we acknowledge, Father, the miracle of becoming one with you and also the miracle of becoming one with one another. And we give you praise. Amen. Amen. If you pass your cups on either side of the, we'll just put them on the window seals. All right. God bless you all. Love on each other. We will see you next week.